Welcome back to Season 1 of Story Sonic, the universe of infinite possibility. In the universe of infinite possibility, anything can and will happen. These stories tell the tales of the worlds in this universe. Now join me in this week's story, A Heist Gone Right. Ixel leaned back in his chair, putting his feet up on the console of the ship as he blew out a ring of smoke. Tobacco was hard to come by these days. It had been more common when the earthen colonies had flourished, devoting whole planets to the production of the native weed. After the last great conflict, however, the Anturian troops had scorched the colonies, destroying what was left of the earthen civilization and leaving only a few prisoners of war and straggling survivors. The art of tobacco growth, however, had not been lost, and Ixel was very happy about that. He took a deep drag from his cigarette and closed his eyes, the soft beeping of the autopilot droning him nearly to sleep. That's gonna kill you one of these days, you know, Ix? The voice came from a speaker on the console. A screen popped on, and the image of a young Anturian woman appeared on the screen. The coarse gray hair that covered her face and arms was smudged with grease, and she sported a severe, disapproving gaze as she glared at Ixel through the engine room comm cam. I know, Ixel grumbled, but with the medical treatment of the illustrious central ring, I will surely live until I'm old and decrepit, and then finally, when I am ready, disease will take me. He took another drag off his cigarette and closed his eyes again. No, that's not what I meant. One day Cora's gonna find you. The door to the cockpit slid open noisily, startling Ixel from his relaxed state. Smoking? In my cockpit? Again? Ixel, I ought to shove you in the airlock and let you experience the vacuum of space! Ixel nearly fell out of his chair, dropping his cigarette through the metal grates on the floor and onto the cables running from the power inverters. He scrambled to open the hatch that would give him access to the cables and his hastily fumbled, still-lit cigarette. As he bolted after his foolish mistake, he furtively shot a glance at his captain. Cora Brinhart was big, to say the least of her. She filled the doorway of the cockpit, holding under her arm a metal box of mechanical parts, upgrades for the ship's navigation deck. Like all Anturians, she was covered from head to toe in coarse, tightly curled hair, and hers was a deep, rich copper. She wore a hard leather vest, which looked like it had once been a jacket into which Cora had gotten tired of trying to squeeze her massive muscular arms and had procedurally ripped off the sleeves. As she dropped the box and lunged after Ixel, he took note again of the size of her hands. If she wanted to, Cora could easily cover Ixel's entire face with one of her prodigious appendages. Ixel darted out of Cora's path, scooping up his cigarette and popping it in between his lips as he sprinted out of the door, leaving Cora in a rage as the door slammed shut behind him. He turned around and quickly slid a jam drive into the door's adapter. It buzzed for a second and the scan pad turned a sickly yellow-green as he spun around and sprinted down the corridor. He laughed knowing that Cora would be stuck in the cockpit for at least ten minutes trying to decode his lock virus. He could hear her shouting herself hoarse behind the locked door as he rushed toward the back of the ship. Ixel knew that he could find a place to hide, maybe in the engine room with Fina, long enough for Cora to blow off her steam and appreciate the quality of his lock virus. It was why she had hired him, after all. Ixel Quillock was one of the fastest lockpicks in the system, and he had the ego to prove it. 
his brazen tendency to flout the inflexible structure of society had very nearly gotten him into trouble innumerable times in his youth, but each time he had managed to worm his way out using a combination of quick thinking and quick comblasting. A jam for every drive had become his slogan as he freelanced from job to job, each one more shady and underhanded than the last. The only time he had been caught was the job that eventually landed him on the Star Ripper and on Chorus Crew. It was six months ago. Ixel was still reeling from his last big job when he was approached by Montez, his informant and fence. Boy, Ix, have I got the one for you. The job to end all jobs. Take this one and you're set for life. Montez had a greasy smile dripping with greed. He was constantly wringing his soft, plump hands and darting his eyes from one door to the other in the ramshackle antique shop that served as the front for his more illegitimate business purposes. Listen, Montez, that last gig you hooked me up with on Torin 3 was a ringer. You didn't tell me it had four different code-replicating cipher locks. Do you have any idea how hard it is to improvise a jam for one CRCL, let alone four of them? I don't know if I've got the energy right now. Montez peered at Ixel from underneath a deep brow and licked his lips. Once you see this, you'll be singing a different tune. He reached underneath the counter and pulled out a palm-sized blue metal case. He set it gingerly down in front of him, flipping open the clasps that held it shut. Embedded in a cushion of foam was a single cylindrical vial filled with a light shimmering liquid. Montez broke into a broad grin as he spun the case around to Ixel, whose eyes went wide. Is that... As Ixel reached toward the vial in astonishment, Montez snapped the case shut. Mercury, yes, and I've got a link to a lot more than this little drop. Ixel pulled his hand back and covered his mouth. Since the fall of the earthen colonies, the heavy metal had become both rare and valuable, particularly to the Anturian Empire. Not only was it used in the ornate jewelry of the royal family, but the royal guard also embedded it into their weapons. Mercury poisoning in the Anturian Empire was the most feared method of execution. The lethargic progression of the disease as it debilitated first the body and then the mind was called the Anturian Madness in hushed tones by the subjugated masses. It was an execution saved only for the most outspoken of Antur's opponents, leaders of enemy civilizations, seditionists, and even at one point disloyal members of the royal family. Ixil gripped his face with his hand and let out a deep breath. I got a calm last night letting me know that the Anturian royal family is shipping a huge load of the stuff in three days. Said they're sending it to the nearest system as a gift of good faith, what with them being recently assimilated into our glorious empire. If you ask me, it's a warning more than anything. Suppress the masses with fear and whatnot, you know? Ixel dropped his hand from his face and looked into Montez's beady eyes. What's the score? Montez grinned impossibly wider. His swollen hands stroked the outer edge of the case. Forty cases of mercury, and not little cases like this either. I'm talking ten drams a case. I'm gonna be straight with you. I almost told the guy to go blow his own horn when he told me what he'd pay for it, but I've seen it, Ix, and it's legit. Ixel cocked his head to the side and Montez could not help but start laughing. Four hundred million credits! A million a dram! That's enough to set us up for four lifetimes! We'd never have to work again! Ixel collapsed into the chair behind him. Four hundred million credits? He could get out of this tired star system to somewhere new. Somewhere where no one had ever heard of Ixel Quillock or Montez Ripley. Somewhere far from the damned Anturian Empire and their false utopia. He narrowed his eyes and shook off his amazement. So what's the catch, Montez? A score this big doesn't come, no strings attached, and you know it. Montez's smile faltered for a moment, and pulled out a hollow tab and handed it over to Ixel. Ixel quickly scanned the shipment manifesto of the shuttle. 
Oh, hell no, Montez. A silver class dark arrow? Are you out of your skull? You know this is the most heavily encoded security system in the star system. No, scratch that. In ten star systems. There's no way we're getting through that. A grin spread once more on Montez's round, sweaty face as he reached into a pocket of his patchwork vest. He pulled out a small drive, similar to the ones that dangled from Ixel's own jacket. What if I told you the key was right here? Every lock, on every door, in every possible iteration that we could ever need. All you have to do is get in, neutralize the crew, and bring the ship to the rendezvous point. After you drop off the Mercury, the ship and the 400 million are yours. Minus a small 25% finder's fee for yours truly. Montez leaned back in his chair and put his arms behind his head. So what do you say, Ix? Are you in, or are you in? Back in the Star Ripper, Ixel lifted a dense metal hatch and lowered himself through the narrow passageway. He closed the latch behind him and locked it, this time with a mundane mechanical lock. As he padded his way down the hallway, a voice came over his shoulder calm. Ixel, you rotten excuse for a human! If I had half a mind, I'd shove you into the engines and watch you burn, you piece of- Ixel reached over to his shoulder and pressed the mute switch on his comm. You know, Korra, for some reason I'm having trouble making out this communication. Perhaps another time. He chuckled to himself as he slowed his pace from a trot to a walk. He passed the solid waste containment area and stopped. He looked through the glass door, squinting through the dense fog coming off of the tanks, trying to spy the hatch in the back that had gotten him into this mess. After his conversation with Montez, Ixel had spent the following days at his comlock station, poring over the files and the drive that Montez had given him. It did seem like a simple job with a huge payoff, but something in his stomach didn't feel right about it. However, the thought of 300 million credits and one of the fastest, most secure ships in the star system helped quell his doubt. Now, as he rode in a zip cruiser preparing to cross the path of the silver-class dark arrow that held their prize, Ixel's nerves were settled. He was always calmest when doing a job. The adrenaline almost put him at ease. At the signal from the pilot, a tongueless Anchurian man, Ixel sealed the visor of his helmet, turned on his solar screen, and leapt from the lightweight spacecraft, using his suit's onboard thrusters to propel himself toward the much larger ship below. Leaping from a zip cruiser through the vacuum of space to cling to the outer hull of another ship was not the most dangerous thing that this mission had in store for Ixel, but it was up there. He eyed the side of the vessel, seeing the name of the ship emblazoned in bold letters, Star Ripper. Subtle, he thought to himself. Just underneath the A in Star, he spotted his entry point, a small service hatch which led to the solid waste containment area of the ship. Cruisers of this caliber had to store their waste, both organic and inorganic, and since the sanctions of the Anturian Empire, white-class ships and above were only allowed to empty their waste containment holds in designated incinerator stars. This was fortunate for Ixel for two reasons, the first being that the security on the service hatch was minimal, needing just a simple code cipher to enter. The second being that since the ship had just made a stop at Delta-2B.1A, he would not have to wade through literal shit to get through the containment area. He gingerly exhausted his thrusters, edging closer to the ship. With one last burst, he lunged at the latch of the hatch and activated his suit's magnetic tether. He deftly slid a small drive into a hole by the service hatch. A red light on the drive flickered twice before turning a satisfying green. The hatch opened silently. There was no release of pressure, as the solid waste containment area was kept in vacuum for easy release. Ixel slipped inside and hugged the right wall. He made his way quickly through the small service hallway to an interior door. Another drive slid into a port with three more beeps, and the door opened. Ixel was impressed. He had personally looked through every file in the lock drive that Montez had given him, and everything appeared to be up to snuff, but actually seeing it in action reassured him. He pulled the door shut behind him and made his way to the nearby security terminal. 
This was the tricky part. To disable the emergency alert system, he had to insert two drives simultaneously, followed by a time-sensitive input code. After the code, he had to remove the left drive, insert another drive in code within a set time frame. Time-locked ciphers were some of his favorites because it took a quick hand and memory. Each aspect of the pick relied on the other. If one thing went wrong, the whole ship would know exactly where he was. The screen on the security terminal went black and Ixel smiled. Now all he had to do was neutralize the crew and he was home free. He pulled a small hand weapon out of his pocket. This was his favorite toy for non-lethal subjugation, a spring-assisted hypodermic syringe filled with a potent sleeping agent. One prick with this needle and the victim was out like a light. Ixel pressed a button on his belt and his entire body went dark and silent. He had had this suit made specially for missions like this. It had everything he needed to infiltrate a starship and secure his goods. As he walked through the halls of the Star Ripper, his footsteps were silent, a vibration dampener in his boots removing any sound. He headed quickly to the engine compartment to neutralize the first of three crew members. For a ship so large, the crew was minuscule. He passed through an open door into the primary engineering deck where he saw not one, but two of the ship's crew. A tall, slender, bald man in a white coat conversed with a young Anturian woman with gray hair. Exel smirked as he positioned himself behind the two crew members, and in a split second injected each of them with a strong dose of the sedative. As they fell to the floor, a voice came over the shoulder comm of the tall man. Reggie, I need you to get your ass back up to the cockpit immediately. I'm getting some weird signals from the security terminal near your area. Shouldn't be anything too bad. Just looks like that last solar flare might have knocked our sensors out of alignment. Ixel cursed to himself as he detonated a localized electromagnetic pulse, shorting out the comms on both the tall man and the Anturian woman. He had to act quick now. This was surely the captain on the other side of the comm, and if Ixel didn't neutralize her soon, she would definitely know something was wrong. He sprinted down the corridor and up a ladder, hastily throwing open the hatch that led to the next corridor. As he pulled himself up through the hatch, a large fist came crashing down on his head. His vision reeled as a large, hairy figure pulled him bodily from the hatch and threw him against the wall. Alright, bud, here's how this is gonna go down. Ixel tried to get his eyes to focus as he attempted to regain his footing. A soft crackling was emanating from his belt, and he could tell from the look on the giant Anturian captain's face that he was no longer invisible. The massive figure crossed its arms as it glared at Ixel. You're going to sit here quietly while I go get the handcuffs and- Ixel lunged at the captain, fighting through his double vision to try his last shot of sedating her. The syringe made contact, but, as it did, the needle on the end snapped against the thick fur and tough skin of the Anturian woman. Well, that's unfortunate. Looks like you're going to have to take a little nap. The last thing Ixel saw was a fist roughly the size of his own face come crashing in his direction, and all went black. Ixel awoke with a start in a dimly lit room. He was shackled to a chair, and in front of him on a table were a pen and a piece of paper. He looked around confused and saw a large shape in the shadows. He gulped. This was it. End of the line. Well, Mr. Lockpick, how nice of you to return to the land of the living. I don't think that last punch left any permanent damage, but that remains to be seen. The large shape moved into the light, and the Anturian captain cracked her knuckles. I come to you with a proposition, Mr. The captain looked expectantly at Ixel. Quillock. Ixel Quillock. Ixel's vision became clearer as the captain sat down in a chair opposite him and pushed the paper in his direction. Ixel could just make out the header in the dim light. Contract of employ. Well, Mr. Ixel Quillock, you seem like a deal man. Well, have I got a deal for you? It seems the allure of our Mercury cargo was a temptation you could not resist. And I have to admit, I'm impressed you made it through the Star Ripper's security. I'll be having a word with our security officer when he recovers from your little stunt. Now, we here on the Star Ripper are not without our flaws, and I wanted to give you one last shot. The captain removed the cap from the pen and placed it on top of the contract. 
Either you agree to work for me, or I spend the next week of our journey slowly removing your digits before finally turning you over to the Anchurian Royal Guard. We on the Star Ripper could use a lockpick of your caliber, and you won't go uncompensated. But if you would rather learn to use your hands without the use of your fingers, I would completely understand. Ixel looked down at the contract, and then back at the captain. Well, hell, what have I got to lose? He picked up the pin and signed the contract. Ixel pressed the panel next to the primary engineering deck door and sidled in, thinking back on the first time he had been in this room, and how it had led to his employment on the Star Ripper. He rubbed his hands together, happy every day that he had not decided to resist Korra's offer. A door on the opposite side of the chamber opened, and the grease-stained gray face of Lorfina Arusso appeared with a disappointed look. I thought you were done pestering the Captain Ix. Life on this ship would be a lot less difficult if you would just play by the rules. A lot more boring, I think you mean. Ixel dropped his still-smoking cigarette into a waste disposal tube on the wall and reached for another one. As he did, a loud bellow came from down the hall. Quillick, I'm gonna make you regret that! Ixel shot Fina a sly grin and passed her through the doorway. You never saw me, right? Fina laughed and shook her head. Saw who? The emergency shaft should take you back around to the flight deck. I'll keep Cora busy. I need to get her opinion on these new fuel cells anyway. You're a doll, Fina. What would I do without you? Suck on the vacuum of space, most likely. Now get out of here before- The door that Ixel had come through initially slid open, revealing the panting, shaking form of Captain Cora Brinhart. Ixel, you stop right there! Ixel slammed the door shut and locked it with another jam drive. He turned, laughing as he sprinted for the emergency shaft. All in all, he liked working on the Star Ripper. Thank you for listening to Story Sodic, an episodic storytelling podcast focused on exploratory worldbuilding through character growth. This story was written and narrated by me, Max Nolan Young. Special thanks to Angelwing at Excel Music Publishing for the use of our theme song, The Nymphaeum Part 5. You can find new episodes of Story Sodic every other Thursday on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and tell your friends. We don't pay for any advertising, and word of mouth is the best way for our stories to reach new ears. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can find us on Twitter at StorySodic. That's Story, S-O-D-I-C. Thanks for exploring with us, and be safe out there. Brought to you by Dryer Sock Productions. Pop that pizza pie in the oven, baby. We're about to start a podcast.